0: every hiring manager needs to really pay attention to. When you're looking for somebody, what I have learned is the most successful way to find a really good candidate to fill a role. I don't look at qualifications. I look at qualities. Qualities are innate qualifications can be learned, but it's qualities that are built into the personality of the person, the candidate that really makes sense, really drives home whether that person's going to be successful or not.
1: This is the Job Stories Podcast, how people find work that matters. Whenever you're ready, go ahead, just introduce yourself, John, and where you work now and what you do. Okay.
0: All right. <clears throat> How are my levels? Okay.
1: We're good. Yep.
0: All right. Great. Hi, everybody. I'm John Pamplin. I am the Director of Infrastructure or IT Director at Trilliant Health in Brentwood, Tennessee. We are a big data healthcare analytics company. What that means is, is we take lots and lots and i mean terabytes of data and we process it for hospitals to find their next profitable market of new customers mm. that's what i do
1: mm, that's great so john um kind of where did it start for you where did you go to college kind of how did it start for you in your first kind of getting into college and your first job
0: maybe i was pretty scrappy in my young in my youth Mm. uh i had to pay my way through college and i had to pay my way through grad school Mm. so i got a job as a uh, data entry person for baptist hospital Mm. in knoxville tennessee where i went to utk Mm. and i i was actually my first semester there i was a waiter uh, at a Holiday Inn of all places, and the CFO of Baptist Hospital sat at my table. Oh wow! And he said, "Young man, what do you, uh, what, what are you studying there at UT <laughs> Knoxville?" And I said, "Well, I'm a finance major, sir." And he said, well, "Why don't you give me a call sometime?" And so basically, what happened was they had a an IBM computer sitting in a corner collecting dust while mm-hmm. most of the accountants did paper ledger sheets yes it was i'm dating myself it's that old <laughs> and i said uh do y'all have lotus one two three on that computer and they said what's lotus mm-hmm. so i ended up building a can a financial statement generator macro driven the whole shebang for them as a 19 year old kid wow. and i was put in charge of all financial statement generation without a college degree wow. that was my college and then in grad school, I went to Vanderbilt, got my MBA from the Owen school. And at that point, uh, I applied to be in hospital administration at Vanderbilt Medical Center, thinking that I wanted to be in a healthcare IT for the rest of my life. Found out that hospital administrators get fired for things that aren't their fault. And so I am now in IT generally, although I've not been in healthcare the whole time. Mm.
1: That's really cool. So um, kind of... Through your career, talk about some of the changes that maybe you've gone through and kind of maybe a list of your values. What are some things that you look for as you've like maybe changed um, jobs or anything like that? We always like to ask about, like, is there a set of values that you look for that led to where you're at now at Trillion Health?
0: Everybody. okay. well, first of all, personal relationships with with the team that you work with becomes a lot more important when you get older. When you're in your 20s and 30s, when you're just starting out in your career, it's very often that money or title or maybe the project that you're working on is the most important thing to you. It's what Mm -hmm. defines you. Mm -hmm. However, as you get older, you start looking at the characteristics of the management team of the company that you're going to work for. It's not necessarily... The money you're making—it's mm-hmm. not necessarily the title. Uh, it's you know the personalities of the team that is going to work with you or for you, and what their values are. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Trilliant Health, we have a mission statement that we believe that strong hospitals make strong communities. Mm-hmm. So we strive to make hospitals stronger, and that is a very that's a core principle that that I found very appealing so personal relationships and and the principles of the management team are a lot more important than job title or even income later in life if you're good at what you do like if you if you really zero in on IT for instance and it's a passion of yours then you'll be good at it And if you're good at it, they'll pay you well. So don't worry about the money starting out. The money will come if you're passionate about it and you're good at it. Mm. Um, it, Later in life, in your 40s and 50s, you really want to start focusing on the the human side Mm. of whatever industry you're going into Mm. and the people that are involved. I hope that answers your question.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We hear a lot of conversations lately about some of the character stuff outside of the technical stuff. And um, you you and I talked on the phone and it stuck out to me that you look for um, some of those character things and also maybe even something like uh, flexibility over maybe a technical skill. So is that, do you mind elaborating on that a little bit? Sometimes you look for more would, than just the technical stuff.
0: Yeah, I'd love to answer that question. I've got a great story about that. So, and this is something that, every hiring manager needs to really pay attention to. When you're looking for somebody, what I have learned is the most successful way to find a really good candidate to fill a role. I don't look at qualifications. I look at qualities. Mm. Qualities are innate. Qualifications can be learned. They can be trained with anybody. You can learn a skill with a class pretty much anywhere. Mm but it's qualities that are built into the personality of the person or the candidate that really makes sense, really drives home whether that person's gonna be successful or not. I have a story. Uh, years ago, when I was at a manufacturer, I saw a mid-level manager. He was in collections, I think. He hated his job, mm. but he knew how the ins and outs of our accounting system our ERP system, and all the weird ways that the company was using it. He knew our data inside and out. But most importantly, he was a giver. He was a natural giver. In other words, he derived his self-esteem from the appreciation he got from other people. So he went out of his way to make sure that everything that he did was right, was thorough, was timely. He went out of his way to do this. So he was, you know, complaining to me one day because he and I had gotten to know each other over the time that I worked there. And I said, you know what? You've got the right qualities to be in a service position, a support position here in the company. Instead of doing, you know, collections, why don't I retrain you to do reporting, Mm. reporting from this ERP system that you know so well and really since you know how to listen to the other departments and you know the other department heads so well you could become the most valuable employee in the company as we are building our new reporting system because I was looking for people to really take this project on Mm. he was out he was just out of his mind excited because he was about to quit. He was looking at other jobs. He was interviewing at that very moment. Wow. And the tribal knowledge that you lose when mm. somebody like that leaves, mm. it's, it's priceless. Mm. So what happened? Exactly as I thought. I trained him. He developed a reporting system under my tutelage. And he now makes, I'd say, four times what he mm. was making mm. now that he's in the right type of job. Uh, a completely new line of work. I changed his entire life. Wow. So it's those. It's the personality trait that I saw in him, being a natural giver, that really made him good for IT. IT is a support role. We don't. We don't earn revenue. At least not. You know, non-consultants don't. We have to take care of people. And if you're really passionate about being a natural giver, then you'll be great in IT. So that's a great example. I hope that wasn't too long.
2: No, that's great. I love that story. Have you, did you have a boss early in your career that um, was kind of like you describe yourself as right now about, um, okay, this person isn't really great in this role, but what are the possibilities for them? Did you have somebody in your life that you can point to that was doing that early in your career?
0: I'd have to say, I mean, in terms of being a true mentor, I think I only had one uh, at Vanderbilt Hospital, where I worked right after I got out of grad school. He was a true mentor on how to approach IT. But uh, did he ever say, you know, John, I think that, you know, due to the way your priorities stand or your personality traits, you should do this rather than this. I was very fortunate even though i had a finance degree i always knew that i wanted to be in it which was kind of strange because when you get a finance degree and then you get an operations mba you would think oh well he's going to be you know an administrator or whatever but i started at the very bottom of mm-hmm. it because i didn't technically have an it degree i had an it background cuz i worked through school right i was never told you know, you should do this instead of that. But one of the reasons why I probably wasn't told that is because I had a true passion for what I do. And that's probably the other thing as a hiring manager that I would tell everybody to do. It's really necessary sometimes to actually go to the trouble of getting in front of somebody and talking to them, looking in their eyes, seeing their expressions when they talk about stuff. Mm. Just being in IT, I can tell you within the first two minutes whether somebody is naturally good at technology or has merely taken a class and is just doing it for a paycheck. Mm. They're the type of people that go home and they watch YouTube videos on, on new Linux distros or how to set up... Uh, a, a, a virtual machine in in the cloud, or how to save money on this type of contract. They're interested in that stuff outside of the office, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of person that I want. I want somebody that has a passion about the particular job that I'm interviewing for them, because they're going to be not only going above and beyond, but they're excited about going above and beyond. They'll right. do it for free. Mm-hmm that's the, that's the difference between a real star and someone who's just drawn a paycheck and kind of just existing there until they find something better
2: I mean Mason can speak on this on my behalf I for the past 10 15 years I've been very focused on <clears throat> what's next in my career I, I need this certification boom 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 and what I what I figured out as a hiring manager was that I needed someone, with passion. I needed somebody with initiative. I needed somebody that didn't really, that may not fit every one of the 30 job descriptions, our company, uh, uh, job responsibilities that our company put on there, but do they actually have a passion for this? And will they be here in six months, 16 months, maybe 60 months to continue on (laughs) what, what this job has for him, so I I relate to that because I think sometimes I I hired people that had all the certifications, they went to a good school, and didn't quite work out for us. So I I relate to that.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's very unfortunate. Excuse me, I think it's very unfortunate that some algorithms in hiring systems like Indeed or other sites. They they say, well, if, if we have 13 requirements and you don't check all 13 of those boxes, then we're not even going to speak to you. You know what? I would rather talk to the person who knows how to do 10 out of 13 of my requirements, but has expressed excitement to learn the other three. Yeah. Because you know yeah. your circumstances are going to change. Right. You know mm-hmm. new projects are going to come up, new circumstances, new challenges are going to come up. I don't want the person that has done exactly the same thing in their previous job and is perfectly content to do it all over again. That person doesn't have the ambition to grow. I had the
2: same conversation with a colleague about two years ago. I mean like mm-hmm. if they fit everything this job – if the, the job today – requires, that's great, but what happens when we put something else on their plate? Mm -hmm. In
0: my my line of work, our our stuff changes every day. Sure, Mm -hmm. of course. We have different projects every day, new requirements, different circumstances, different challenges or problems. If you don't have somebody who literally knows how to learn, Mm -hmm. that should be the quality you're looking for. Mm -hmm. They know how to learn. They know how to overcome the unexpected. That's huge in this industry nowadays.
2: How do you get into that in your meetings with candidates? How do you pull that out of them? like Whether they do have the ability to learn or whether uh, they're not really the type of person that I need on this role.
0: Um, it's, it's a challenging way to phrase the question, but you want them to open up about their most interesting failure.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: That's what you ask. I've got a lot of them. (laughs) You say, look, tell me about the hardest situation that you've ever come across in which you didn't get the right answer on the first try. Mm -hmm. How did you recover? What did you do to compensate? That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And especially if they're excited about telling you they're not ashamed, if they're excited about telling you that, then that means they're proud of how they grew. Mm. They're proud of what they learned. Mm. That is what I would do. And I have done in my previous interviews.
1: I love that so much. That's excellent. Thank you, John. Hey, we're starting to kind of get towards the time. Just I want to be sensitive to that because I know you have another meeting. But I do like to ask guests, like, what's what's next for you goals wise? Maybe it's um, personally kind of what's next on the plate for you. I'd like to talk about you for just a second.
0: Well, personally, I'm an amateur chef, so I'm always learning new food. Cool. That's what I do. That's what I do, kind of as a as a pastime. Cool. Not as a living. Can I come over However, and be your, yeah, yeah. Can I come
2: over and be your amateur <laughs> taste tester?
0: I'm really good at my, that. My coffee based dry rub on on ribs is mm. legendary.
2: Okay, let's get to uh, the date.
0: Dang. I also have a recipe on Google called John's evil mashed potatoes. Just Google it.
1: Oh, cool. Uh, That's cool. So anyway,
0: what am I, what am I doing to grow? Well, actually, you know, I mean, you may look at me and say, Hey, you're not exactly a spring chicken anymore, John. How do you stay relevant in technology? To be honest with you, it's not just when you get to my stage in my career, you're not just sitting back making management decisions and letting other people do the grunt work. Hmm. You're, Trying to challenge yourself to learn new things. So what am I doing? I'm giving myself a, a you know a class in ansible mm. in linux. Mm. i'm I'm learning new Linux distros. I'm actually setting up a Proxmox cluster. It's for virtual machines it, in in my own home network. So I'm cool. doing the things that my direct reports are doing right now. If I am going to ask them to do something, then I would expect, that I should be able to at least have a passing familiarity with it myself. Mm. I do not want to tell my team to work on something that I don't know anything about. Mm. I think that that's disingenuous. Mm. So I'm trying to grow my technology breadth of knowledge in order to stay relevant with my team. And I know we're working on some next generation products for our business intelligence system that are using very cutting edge tools and I need to learn those as well, even though I'm not a developer. I just, I just keep the, keep the lights on. I'm an infrastructure. Right. So doing that sort of thing, that's, that's how I grow uh, as a professional.
2: That's really cool. I'm seeing a lot of similarities in between you and my mentor. His name is Hal Zash and he made his career in Valero and um, he's since retired and lives out on a ranch, but um you you too look at, at growth in the same way, just because you, may, you might have been younger doesn't give you the excuse to like sit back and chill out and tell everybody else to do it. You have to get your hands dirty too. And keep so learning. I appreciate yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah
0: hands-on managers I, yeah. I wouldn't have it in the other way yeah, that's
1: awesome John if it's you can also say you don't want this but if there's any way for folks that are listening to this to come find you and maybe reach out is there anywhere like LinkedIn or Twitter or email is there anywhere that you're okay with people um, contacting you
0: yes actually my LinkedIn profile is very easy so just go to linkedin.com slash in slash John Pamplin pretty easy
1: perfect that's awesome thank you this has been excellent thanks John we appreciate your time and thanks for coming on
0: My pleasure. Talk to you soon. Awesome. Have a great day. See you. All right. Bye-bye.